0: For podcasting the PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeart Media Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now here's Miller and
1: Condon.
2: Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO.
0: Welcome back into the 11 o'clock hour. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX O. Bill Bender from the Sporting News coming up in about, oh, 25 minutes or thereabouts. We'll preview Monday's national championship with Bill before he heads uh, to New Orleans for the game. But right now, Centurion Stone makes it possible. He's David Kaplan. The cap man joins us from Chicago, as he always does on Wednesdays. Good to catch up with you again, Cap. How are you, my friend?
2: I am very, very good, and happy, healthy 2020 to you guys and all your great listeners. Always love being out here.
0: And we appreciate the fact that uh, the love, no doubt about it. Well, Cap, let's start. I'm going to get to obviously a ton to get to. Uh, But let's start with Tom Brady. I know we've asked you this before. Brady's team is out of the playoffs. Brady is about to become a free agent. The Bears are not convinced that Mitchell Trubisky, at least at this point, is the guy despite having started the last two years. Is there starting to be some buzz that Brady to the Bears makes some sense? I see a lot of it, Cap. You're there. What are you hearing, if anything?
2: Well, I had Dan Shaughnessy on yesterday, who's his, You know, dialed in on the Boston sports scene as anyone. And Dan, when I asked him that question twice, I said, Would the Bears make sense? He said he would absolutely listen to the Bears. So we'll see. You know, the Bears don't have that kind of salary cap room. They'd have to make a ton of moves. But Ryan Pace, whether you like the moves he's made or you don't like the moves he's made, the one thing you can say about Ryan is that he lives with no regrets whether that's Khalil Mack or Mitchell Trubisky or whoever it may be. So if Tom Brady truly is leaving New England, you have to make that phone call. I mean, that would be malpractice. Mm-hmm. If he's truly interested. You know, like I'm going to stay on my show today. Here's what I would do. I would pick up the phone and call Don Yee, his agent. Don, can we just get together? I want to just sit down and talk with you about a number of things, get your opinion on the Bears and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and by the way, Is Tom out of there? Because if he is, we want to be at the top of your list. Give me a shot. Just give me a chance. If you tell me we have a chance, I'll have two plans. One, Mitch is our starter. I'll prove the O-line. I'll get him some weapons. And number two is, if you tell me I'm alive at least, I'm going to have a secondary plan of what style I have to move. I'll get it done contract-wise. We'll have your guy in here. So that's how I'd approach it.
1: Two picks for the Bears in the second round. Of course, don't have a first-rounder, but two in the top 50. You certainly can do things there. Are you confident in Ryan Pace that he's going to be able to help this team out come draft time?
2: Yeah, you know, we we were working on a project right now at NBC Sports Chicago on Ryan's draft record versus the rest of his division mm-hmm. and Ryan's draft record uh, on the rest of his um contemporaries that have been there as long as he has been there and have run drafts 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and then we have a score because there's a way of quantifying what a guy's value to a team is. And surprisingly, everyone's going to go, Ryan Pace this, Ryan Pace that. Surprisingly, we're not done yet. We haven't finished the rest of the league, but the NFC North grades are in, and in twenty. 16, 17, and 18, he was number one in the division in drafting. Uh, 2019, obviously, with no first-round pick and no third-round pick, his grade is low, and he was second in his first draft. So one, he went 2 one, 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 and then I think he's third in 2019. So much better, I think, than people thought.
0: Mm. David Kaplan is our guest, uh, sponsored by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Well, since we're on the rumor path, Kaplan, let's stay there. Uh, Nolan Arenado, one of the best third basemen in the game. Without, I, I don't think you can find too many people that would argue that. I think he's a terrific player. Cubs have a pretty good one in their own right, although as you pointed out in one of your pieces over the last couple of weeks, the, the numbers aren't trending in the right way for Chris Bryant. He seems to, you know, be, be digressing a little bit. So the Nolan Arenado rumor, uh, to the Cubs, um, does that make some sense? Is there anything behind that?
2: I don't know if there's anything behind that. I can tell you the Cubs, as of we sit here right now, have spent on guaranteed money in major league free agency. I'm not talking about, you know, split contract, we'll pay you a million if you make the deal. I'm talking about guaranteed dollars. The Cubs are tied with the Rockies and Astros at exactly zero. Mm-hmm. The White Sox have spent 201.5. The Cubs have spent zero, nothing. So, you know, you look and you go, hold on a second. You've spent nothing, and I have an exceptionally good source at the Cubs who said to me two days ago, dude, we're not going to spend in free agency till we move money. That's just a fact, 100%. He said we are focused on getting under the luxury tax line, if at all possible. So how are you taking $235 million or 230? owed to Arenado. But as it was explained to me by an executive that I trust, he said, well, hold on a second. What if you traded Chris Bryant once you got the grievance resolved and you win the grievance? So you got two years. You trade him for a good package. You're not going to get you know, an obscene package, but a really good package. That's 18.5 or 18.3 off the books. Now you're under the luxury tax line and you have some flexibility. But what if you said to the Rockies who are in cut payroll mode, okay, we'll take Arenado and his entire contract, you're taking back Jason Hayward, mm. and we'll give you a prospect for Arenado. Now, all of a sudden, you've cut $23 million on Jason Hayward, that's what his average annual value of his deal is, you've cut 18 from Chris Bryant, so that's $43 million that you're moving, basically, or $41 million. And you're taking back thirty million a year on Nolan Arenado. So now you've cut eleven off the payroll, you're right at the luxury tax line, you could make another deal or two to cut a little more money. You've got a little wiggle room and you've got prospects for Bryant. You've got Hayward out of there to open up the outfield, so maybe you could sign the Castellanos, and you've got Nolan Arenado playing third base.
1: Pretty good it, consolation it price. <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't know if that makes you know fiscal sense for the Cubs if they're going to do something like that, but that's how it was explained.
1: So I think it makes them better. Yeah, I think so too. Chris Bryant, the uh, grievance continues. We were told in December, well, we'll know something after January 1st. Here we are on January 8th, still no decision handed down. What are we waiting for? Is this as simple as like an arbitration case, and they go and they sit in front of a, a, what is happening here? Take us inside what this grievance, what it all involves, and maybe when we're going to know.
2: Uh, I think you'll know within two weeks, possibly next week. I have a gut feeling that it's next week uh, someone involved in these discussions said could be up to two weeks, but then they will have a decision. Um, and that's what I think is going to end up happening. You'll get that decision, and then the Cubs will start to make some moves. But the reason it takes this long, people are thinking, well, doesn't this arbitrator understand teams have deals and have moves they have to make? The arbitrator could give a flying rip about that. He doesn't work for baseball. He is supposedly impartial right down the middle, and he's going to adjudicate this by the principles of the rules and the laws that Major League Baseball and the Players Association have agreed to. Other than that, he could care less about anybody's timetable. There were over 200 pages of briefs that he had to read. Both sides submitted these lengthy responses and, you know, it's pretty hard to look at it and say, oh, Chris Bryant's one day short and he led Major League Baseball in home runs before his rookie season in spring training and that he was Rookie of the Year, he was MVP, he was Minor League Player of the Year, he was College Player of the Year, but that Mike Olt beat him out to play third base. That's a joke. <laughs> now, if you just go by the letter of the law, he's a day short, and the Players Association agreed to this set of rules. Then he loses. So I think he's going to lose. Most in the industry think he's going to lose. Did he get screwed? 100%. But that's part of the deal.
0: Hmm. Cap, got to, a couple on the White Sox. will let you go. I, I love their moves. I think that they have... Well, they've clearly closed the gap on who, what I think is the best team left in the division because the, the, the Indians have come back to the pack. The Twins, they won a ton of baseball games last year. I think the White Sox and the Twins are going to be unbelievably fun to watch this year. The lineup, the, the roster in a second, but Steve Stone, Benetti in the booth. I think a lot of people are going to find this announcing Tandem duo um, around the country this year. It was tough to watch White Sox baseball. Let's be honest. Over the last few years, this year not going to mm-hmm. be the case. Uh, Benetti and Stone back together for the foreseeable future. That's a really good announcing duo, uh, and I think a lot of people are going to find that out. Maybe for in some cases for the first time as they watch the White Sox this year.
2: Yeah, I'm a huge look. Steve Stone's one of my dearest friends in the world. I love Stoney. Uh Jason Benetti, I have a, developed a very nice relationship with. And I think he's outstanding on the air. These two guys together are really, really good. And I think you're right. There are people, when I am not watching them. I'm not a Sox fan, so I'm right. not going to watch. They stink. Well, now all of a sudden, looks like they have a chance to be, I'm not saying they're going to win the World Series, but have a chance to be a very competitive baseball team in the American League Central and in the AL. And so people may give them a little sampling. They're going to love it. They're really good.
1: You know, the bullpen is, I think, the biggest concern left with this team. The rotation certainly solidified what they did behind the dish with Grandal and on and on and on with these offseason moves. They bring in C-Sheck to uh, help out that bullpen, but would that remain still your biggest question mark of what they can do in the back end?
2: Uh, that would, but my, I think my number one for me is defense. Steve Stone doesn't agree. Jeff Passan does agree with me. Uh, I think their defense is suspect, and... If you can't defend, I mean, you got an outfield of Nomar Mazara and Eloy Jimenez with mm-hmm. an unproven Luis Robert who we think is going to be good, but we don't know. Yep. That's not a great defense. I still don't think Tim Anderson's an elite defender at short. I have no idea what Nick Madrigal is going to be like at second. Mm-hmm. Jose Abreu is as mediocre as they come defensively at first. And I don't know which Johan Moncada is showing up. I think he's a really good player said one year that he's showing that, so you know, that's, for me, what's got to get fixed, and it's got to be better than it was a year ago.
0: Go do your show, Cappy. Thank you for what you do for us. We'll talk to you in a week's time, if not before. You guys are the best. Good to talk to you. Thank you. David Kaplan joining us uh, from Chicago. Uh, ESPN 1000, NBC Sports Chicago. Happy sponsored by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Whether you're looking for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or interior project of any size. Centurion Stone of Iowa, variety of patterns, colors for your every need. Over 200 color and pattern combinations. Check them out online, centurionstoneofiowa.com. Or visit them in the showroom. Uh, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. Centurion Stone of Iowa. Uh, he thinks defense, you think bullpen. What about the starters? Keuchel, Giolito. Co-pitch, Gio...
1: He's a five. Yeah, he's a five. Quintana versus Gio Gonzalez. When he's pitching, I will not be watching because I can't stand watching that guy pitch. He takes forever. Uh, one of those dudes, isn't he? He needs a pitch clock. Yeah. Start with him and go from there.
0: All right, so let's do this before we run out of time. I want to go back to where we started our conversation with Cappy. You're the Bears fan. Uh-huh. I'm sure you've been keeping up on the Brady buzz Um it seems like there's a pathway there, Trent. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a likely landing spot for him or not. He's a California kid. Uh, maybe maybe the Chargers make more sense. Maybe Vegas makes more sense with, with David Carr. But regardless,
1: um, Brady to the Bears. Move your needle at all? Not really. I Just because of what we saw this season from him. Better in the end. Better late in the season better than he was late, in the middle. But also, oh, and too late. Yeah, losing to the Dolphins at home mm-hmm. and the Titans at home, back to back weeks that lingers. Yeah, and all this talk about you know they they just need more help. Look at that Bears offense. Allen Robinson is a big, thick receiver, but he's not a burner by any means. Nobody's the best they got, I think. And and Anthony he Miller's is. developing, but yeah, he, he's okay. Yeah, Gabriel, if he can stay healthy, is okay, and he, and he can't. The tight end position is awful, right?
0: So, suddenly... Kyle Long has gone from the right guard. Now, he was hurt and he missed a ton of games, but...
1: And this is going to be the offense that's going to reinvigorate Tom Mm -hmm. Brady? I'm not seeing it. Now, would I take him over Mitchell Trubisky? Yes. (laughs) If those are my two options, but I think there's better options out there. And I know it's Tom Brady. I know he has six rings, but it feels like they're maybe is a different place that they can go that would be improvement at that position. I don't know how big of a step up Brady with this current cast of characters on the offense how big of a bump he'd give them.
0: You know, it must be fun to work in in, in a state like Chicago with all those things percolating, right? One of the best, maybe the best offensive third baseman in the game right now, Nolan Arenado, mm-hmm. rumored to be going to the Cubs. Chris Bryant, who meant so much to that franchise, rumored to be leaving the Cubs. You've got the greatest quarterback of all times, maybe flirting with your NFL team. I mean, can you imagine coming to work any single day uh in a city with all those pro town all those pro teams and it's just uh, these topics just fall on your lap. Well, bill Bender is going to join the program next. we to save some time at the end of the show. gonna opine on um, uh, Kansas and Iowa State. But right now it's time to pay your bills with iheart and 1460 kxno text the keyword jock. Jock to 200-200 right now for your chance to win $1,000. That's Jock to 200-200.
2: You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest.
0: Alright, we'll be back uh, to wrap things up. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 14th. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you until noon. Thanks to David Kaplan and to Centurion Stone of Iowa. Uh, Bill Bender, Sporting News. We'll talk a little, well, we'll do some NFL, we'll do some college football with Bill. And he joins the program. Bill Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on, Bill Bender. How are you?
3: Hey, I'm doing well, thank you.
0: you know, I just read your piece, uh, your preview of Green Bay and Seattle Point spread says that's going to be the closest this game could go either way of the four divisional games this weekend. It's the finale of the weekend. I know you're a hardcore, you're a diehard Packer fan. Uh, scale of 1 to 10, how much does the Seattle team paying a visit to Lambeau scare the fan in Bill Bender?
3: Always. I mean, not not as much as it would if it was out there. I mm-hmm. mean, that's the... that I didn't realize it had been eight in a row for the Packers yeah. and Lambeau against them. So... I think Green Bay's being a little undervalued. My, the biggest excitement I had over the weekend was the Saints got knocked out because that was the one team I didn't want to see. Um, so the Vikings doing them a favor. And the Vikings can do Green Bay another favor this weekend if they really want to. And then uh, maybe they could settle it with a third one at Lambeau.
0: Wouldn't that be?
1: Especially where we are, Bill, here. Uh-huh. <laughs> that would move our needle in a big, big way. It's going to be uh, certainly a great run here. As, as you go through the divisional round, you as a Packers fan – You mentioned the advantage that they've had in Lambeau, but is it just as simple as Russell Wilson and what he can do, and just how smart he is as a quarterback running around back there, knowing when to go down, knowing when to slide? Is that what uh, maybe keeps you up most at night as a Packers fan? Well, he's just a good player.
3: You know, they're good defense too. They'll be able to, Mm -hmm. with Clowney and those guys, get off the edge and and get after. Aaron Rodgers hasn't had a great year. I, I don't think that's a secret. I think some of it's the offense they're in is different. Some of it is. He's aging a little bit, but they've kind of rode the formula that the Denver Broncos did late with John Elway, where it was about the running game in the defense, and and John got hot when they needed it, and Aaron can still get hot when they need it. I, I like Green Bay's chances Sunday. I actually do. Um, I'm more confident than probably I should be, but most of it really is the way it's gone with these two is the home team generally wins, and until that's broken, I feel pretty good. I think Green Bay's defense will cause uh, – Seattle, some problems
0: too. You know, I saw the NFL Network was there doing at least part of their morning show live from uh, Green Bay, and they were all talking about how cold it was with the wind chill this morning. Uh, have you looked at the at the weather for for Sunday? I mean, it's the last game of the day; it's going to be played uh, under the lights. Um, you know what? What have you heard, Bill, as far as weather? Have you looked at that? I haven't because I'm going to be in New Orleans, where it's going to be a lot. Warmer, <laughs> yes, so indeed.
3: care what the weather's like in Green Bay. That was the other part. I'm going to be down at the the title game and i was worried that if the packers were playing the saints and as i was wandering around in green Bay gear what might happen to me so uh um yeah but you know i'm sure it'll be cold it always is and, you know that, that that's not a factor with those two teams too it gets cold in seattle
1: too true let's get into the national championship game bill it is clemson lsu the tigers of lsu are favored by five and a half in this matchup clemson a chance to reel off a second consecutive undefeated season, something that's happened only once in the last 50 years of college football. Matchup is compelling. Clemson, as I've dug a little bit deeper into some of the numbers, they are eye-opening, but strength of schedule, who they played this year, also has to play a part here. Looking at that defense, especially for Clemson, and a chance to at least slow down Burrow and company for LSU. The horses are certainly there. Venables is going to be able to scheme, you would have to think, at least to do something. But just what can you do against LSU the way they're playing offensively right now?
3: Well, um, you know, I think they both teams are just going to have to hope they get a couple turnovers, maybe get a punt in there. Uh, it's going to be an up-and-down game. You know, I think the good thing for Clemson in that, in that regard is they've had an extra week to, kind of dissected. I'm sure Venables will have some wrinkles. He had some outstanding blitzes dialed up against Alabama last year that confused Tua Tungavailoa. I wonder if they can do the same thing with Burrow. It'll be a little tougher this time. I mean, LSU's got some really good receivers, too, um, and Burrow's been out of this mind. And part of it is it's got to land one and two. You got to get Burrow down. He's been pretty good about getting out of the pocket. Same thing on the other way, though. Um, Ohio State's defensive line is better than LSU's and Trevor Lawrence Mm -hmm. found a way to beat it with his legs. Um, So for LSU, it's going to come down to can they get to Lawrence? Can they force him into making some bad throws? And can they bottle up ETN in the screen game and the running game? He killed Ohio State in the screen game.
0: Yeah, he was terrific, no doubt about that. Yeah, it's ironic, Bill. It wasn't what he was doing on the ground, uh, in the mail. It was catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, and Lawrence never had T. Higgins in that game either, with the exception of like a couple of minutes into it. He left. I mean, I would think that Higgins-Stingley's got a chance to be as good of a matchup, assuming we see that, because T. Higgins, uh, he's uh, an elite wide receiver in college football. Got hurt in Ohio State. Um, apparently he's he's okay, right? That's the last that, that 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 I saw. And him versus Stingley could be a classic.
3: Good receivers on both sides. Good corners on both sides. Both secondaries are good. Um, they're they're opportunistic. Clemson's got a pair of really good safeties, so on that side it's interesting. Like you said, Stingley Higgins, you're going to see that on Sunday at some yep. point too. Um, Delph out there too, and he'll make a few plays. And you know, Clemson wasn't hitting the big pass plays against Ohio State, and then they're going to have to hit a few in this one. But at the same time, they weren't giving up the big pass play either. They did a good job of keeping things in front of them. Um, you put this on indoors in that building, I'm sure they're both going to get up and down. And again, I just I think people are slightly undervaluing Clemson here. Man, I do too. Like they're going to get destroyed. And that's a mistake when given how many heavyweight fights they've been in with a lot of guys that have been on this group, I'm going Alabama's best team. They're not going to be scared of LSU.
1: Monday night, you get one quarterback. The teams are exactly the same. They're mirror images. You get Joe Burrow for this one game, or Trevor Lawrence for this one game. Who's your pick?
3: Mm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I knew you were going to do something like this. <laughs> I, I can do the, the NFL question to me is a little easier. I, think, I think so. Take Trevor. And I think I'd take Trevor's skill set in the NFL and, and go with that. Um, as far as one game right now, I mean, it's hard not to answer Joe Burrow. He's not – he hasn't – the difference between these two this season is just this season. I'm not talking about their NFL career. Joe had not had an off night all year. He's played great in every game. Mm-hmm. Auburn mixed him up a little bit, but it wasn't enough to, to care. I mean, he still made the plays when he needed to, and he's ripped up Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Florida, in Texas, I mean, what more do you need? I'd probably go burrow just for one game, even though Trevor Lawrence has never
0: lost. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, Clyde edwards hilaire he played limited, and he was uh, you know sparingly in the uh, uh, in the Fiesta Bowl. He's had a couple of weeks. That certainly can't hurt. Uh, what's Orgeron saying about his running back?
3: I think he'll be fine. I think they got away with it at Oklahoma that they didn't have to use him. It was huge yeah. and. uh he got to rest up. He could have. It looked like you know when he played, he was mean, But they did the smart thing and just kind of worked him in and limited He'll, he'll have a bigger role in this game. He'll have to. And uh, that's another person for Clemson to work. I'd be interesting to see how they use him and how that counters on the other side. A guy with very similar ability is Isaiah Simmons. I mean, he's a converted Simmons safety that plays linebacker and he's yeah. all over the field. So, again, I, I just. The way Joe Brady and Brent Venables kind of go at each other, and on the other side with Elliot Oranda, I mean, there are a lot of possibilities mm-hmm. on both sides.
0: Yeah, Simmons, uh, I'm, my NFL team drafts 15, and I'm hoping he's there at that point. He's a terrific player. You know, which of the LSU receivers do you like the best, Bill? Um, you know, it depends. Seemingly, when I watch LSU one week, I think it's Chase. The next week, I think God, what was I missing in Jefferson? Who do you think's the better of those two receivers?
3: I like Jamar. I think, it, but you know, the taller receivers, Chase, yeah. he's just that prototype that you know, he's going to be successful at the next level. It's not to say Jefferson won't be, but, um, it's Jamar a little bit more. I mean, very consistent, gets down the field, creates mismatches. But I mean, again, you've got six, six receivers at least that are going to play on Sunday. And that's not even counting Randy Moss's son at tight end, Patty right. Moss, who, I mean, if he makes a couple big plays in the middle of the field, that's huge too. Is he a senior or a junior? I don't know. He <laughs> caught uh, with that one out. I, I, don't, I, know, I, th- I just know that he had a couple big catches in that Oklahoma yeah. game, and I think he's younger.
0: I yeah, I just he's looked. Younger. He's a junior. He's a junior. Yeah. yeah.
3: So, um, you know, for him to be able to come back next year, I mean, that's another pass-catching target for Burrow. And, well, not next year for Burrow, but, uh, right. you know, for Brennan next year.
1: So, LSU, a program that for years, everyone said, if you could just keep that Louisiana talent in state, you're going to be good. They finally broke through with Saban, back here with Coach O. Clemson had the national championship in 1981 with Mike White cheating their asses off to do it, but they did it, and it was always considered a sleeping giant. What's next? Is there another sleeping giant sitting out there that can get to these levels we've seen of LSU and Clemson?
3: Well, I mean, you know, I've told you guys over and over again, I believe there's only five schools that can win it all right now. Georgia-Clemson, Ohio State-LSU, and uh, Alabama. Now, if we're looking for a couple schools that are trying to break through that I always keep an eye on, A&M's (laughs) one with the way they recruit, um, and Jimbo, and just kind of looking at their talent coming in over the next few years. They're trying to push through. Maybe they take advantage if Alabama flips a little bit. Um, You know, a couple others. Penn State's getting closer, I feel like, but you still got to tackle. They have the same battle that Michigan had, I think, you know, just – Going up against that Ohio State machine in the Big Ten East. Notre Dame Notre Dame's gonna be pretty good next year. Um they lose a lot on the offensive line, but they've been able to replace that in the past. And I think having Ian Books back Ian Book back is huge. And you know, Notre Dame's a team after that Michigan loss, you kinda of look at what they did after. They were playing pretty well mm-hmm. at that point. They were a borderline playoff team this
0: year. Yeah, Michigan lost in, a, in a, just a driving rainstorm, just ugly conditions uh, that caught up with him. Well, let, let's uh, let's finish on this, Bill. A couple more things we'll let you go. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Uh, Tua Tagliavoa uh, made his decision. I think it's the right decision. Uh, I, re- I truly do. I mean, look, Trevor Lawrence is in the draft next year. I still don't think that there's any way in hell he gets past seven with Carolina. That assumes that Miami turns up their nose, which I don't think they will. And if they do, the Chargers would just be salivating at six to get him, so there's no way I don't think he falls out of the top ten. I'm anxious to hear your take on that, and just the uh, decision that uh, to Tua made.
3: Yeah, I, you know, I think it was the right decision. There was I wrote about that earlier in the week, that there was really nothing left for him to accomplish in college football. Um, it would have been cool to see it, to see if he came back and, you know, followed the lead of guys like Manning and Liner and Tebow that did come back for their senior year, but In the current environment, when you play for three, you might as well be playing for four if you stay at the same school. Um, But yeah, I think he'll be good at the next level. Good playmaker if he stays healthy. Carolina'd be an interesting fit with what they have with Matt Roll coming in Mm -hmm. there. I would look. That's an interesting one. I mean, Miami, the Chargers, Panthers—all interesting landing spots for Tua. And again, you know, he must have heard that. NFL teams believe he'll be okay, and and I think that was a big factor in his decision.
1: All right, Bill, this might be more of an off-season type of topic, but we'll start chewing out of here, and and I'm sure we'll get back to it during June or July. Let's go back to the '90s. I open up the segment playing a little '90s Dre for you coming out here, so we'll go that direction. Nebraska national championship, Tennessee national championship, Miami national championships. Of those three, who's going to win? A conference title first. Not a division title, but win the whole thing. Tennessee going through the SEC, Miami through the ACC, and Clemson, or Nebraska in the Big Ten?
3: That's a tough one. Um, man, probably if I had to pick one, it would be Nebraska. <laughs> mm. just because huh. I think they're the—Tennessee's got so much to get through in the East right yes. now. But but of the, I think they would have the easiest time doing it. It's somehow Ohio State lost. Um, and that those things happened. Um, Tennessee, of the current the program in the best shape right now, though, is probably Tennessee. I think so. Pruitt's too. done a pretty good job. He got him to a bowl. He got the win. Um, you know, Miami has a ton of talent, but oh. they just, I can't get that bull game out of my head how bad they looked against Louisiana Tech. They have a long way to go.
0: Yeah, they do. Ken, uh, who
1: would it be for you? See, I would go Miami just because... I think I would, too. Tennessee, know. like Bill said, it's the best program right now. Mm-hmm. It looked like they're treading, but... And a nice to, win in the bowl. You have to play Alabama every single year. That's their protected mm-hmm. crossover. Plus getting past what you have in the East. And then mm-hmm. win a championship game against whoever comes out of the West. Incredibly difficult. Same thing for Nebraska. They might be the best in the West, but are they in a position to beat Ohio State, Penn State right now? Yeah. Don't see that. I think it is the U. Can they I don't know that that program is baffling to me Bill Miami. I, I do think I do think you guys are onto something there now I think because in theory you
3: should be able to recruit well enough Miami right. to yes. to win yes. with all the talent down there just the one thing they haven't had that separated them from their 80s and 90s teams they still have talented guys on those rosters I a good quarterback in a while. Mm. Probably haven't had a really good quarterback since Ken
0: Dorsey. Mm. <laughs> Think about that. It's been a while. Bill Bender, enjoy New Orleans. Uh, Bill Bender, where's the uh, media hotel? Is it the Marriott? I believe so. So I'm getting ready to head down there Friday. I'm excited. About uh, it. I'm envious. Bill, we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy. Hey, sounds good. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Bill Bender, Sporting News, headed to New Orleans for the national championship game. Um, I, I'm torn, Trent.
1: I'm torn in this game. Clemson is clearly
0: gets to play the underdog again. I told you, I
1: told you was it Monday baby? we were talking about the game off air? And I said, I think LSU is going to kill him. And then I, I started think... to do some more research, and now I'm coming back the other way. And as I told Bill, I was looking at some statistical things. I get the ACC stunk this year, but mm-hmm. this defense is really, really good. Most they gave up before the Ohio State game was 20 points. in that mm. close victory against North Carolina. This defense is incredibly good. And then I come back and say, LSU, every single team that has come at them, they have absolutely demolished them, coupled with a defense that has improved over the last month. I'm back and forth and back and forth. We're going to make a pick on Friday for this game, or are going to wait until Monday? No,
0: I guess we should. Well, we're going to make a pick. I just keep coming back to T. Higgins. Remember how when yeah. he got hurt in that game? It was a play that they let go. Mm-hmm. Um, Ohio State jumped. They let the play go, and he threw the ball over to the boundary, and and got hurt on a just a, a, a seemingly. I mean can't believe it happened at that spot. But he's such a difference man. He's a he's a first round pick. Yeah, a first in, in a in a draft that has a ton of receiving talent. Uh, and Higgins didn't play at all. I mean, he's. I love UTN. Yeah, I do too. I, both running the ball and catching the ball out of the
1: backfield. Speaking of that, a mock I saw from Matt Miller of Bleacher Report, mm-hmm. he had in the second round the Broncos taking Travis Etienne.
0: Really, yeah. in the second
1: round? Ooh. I was going to say who did they that take in you? the
0: first round? you Remember? I don't remember that part. Hope it's Simmons, his teammate on the defensive side of the ball. This kid's unbelievable. It's a pretty good punch, huh? Oh man, uh, we'll come back. We'll finish up the show, Miller and Condon with you until noon. Uh, Peyton Manzel told. Rob Howe, he hopes to have a new school by Monday. Oh, wow. He, he's transferring this weekend. So this is happening. This, like, like, this is
1: done, yeah. Th- this is not, hey, let's see what's out there. No, I think there's he's already got a been wink some contact. And yeah.
0: yes, um. Back channels, if you will. Sure. It seems like he had... Now, he couldn't tell Rob Howe where it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Rob Howe now manning the ship over at Hawkeye Nation. Told him that. You can read Rob's piece at Hawkeynation.com if you want the latest on uh, on
1: Peyton Manziel. Speaking of the Hawkeyes, I don't think we even touched on it yesterday. The Geno Stone decision. Yeah,
0: it's funny. When you were answering the phone, I said, we'll get into that tomorrow with Mark a little bit. But, yeah. but I'm with you, Trent. Of the three, I thought that that was... He was the clearly the more likely to come back. Now, if you read Leistakow or Emirate or anybody that was in San Diego mm-hmm. talking with him, they all got the sense that he was talking in past tense. Yeah,
1: it was a foregone conclusion that mm-hmm. he was going to be gone, and, and the perception certainly changed with that. And you could hear the guys kind of talking about that leading into it. You know, it is so interesting, the changing way we see of college football and guys leaving early. I mean, in the past, you know, Stone's not leaving for the NFL. It never would happen when you're told, you're not going to be a first two-round right, pick. right? You're, this isn't, you know, some teams kind of like him maybe in the third. That's not what this is. But you have a finite number of games in your body. You get paid for it. got to get jump-started on mm-hmm. things. If you believe in your ability, you believe in yourself enough, you make that jump and you get the clock started. The problem is one injury in a camp as a sixth or seventh rounder or even an undrafted free agent, you get banged up early, you don't have that same kind of leeway you don't have the same kind of financial commitment a team has made for even a third or fourth round pick one injury can have you on the outside looking in and then it's the XFL for you Yeesh. yeah uh,
0: you know we um, we got a really good rolodex guest list we 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 are really struggling with that uh, cuz it's mock season you know, a draft Nick type of dude. I'd love yes. to be able to reach out to him. Where's Gino? What do you got? Uh, Matt Manassarian, perhaps, again? Well, I don't care who it is, but we need to find that person because it is that time of year, and you know how much I love you the do. NFL draft. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back, and finish the show. What do we think, Kansas, Iowa State? The number's four and a half. The Sharps are on the Cyclones tonight. <laughs> what are you, laughing? I'm, or- I'm grinding
1: <laughs> grinding the gears up top here. I certainly liked Iowa State at seven. Yeah. At four and a half or five, that becomes a little bit more difficult. We'll come back
0: and uh, talk about that. Uh, take you until well, not right until noon, but oh, but you know what? Before we do that, since we're talking Iowa State, I don't want, I don't want to uh, bump uh, any of that conversation with Haw conversation. And I just want to remind you at kxnl uh, it's an opportunity. There's an opportunity on the contest tab to win four tickets to see Michigan versus Iowa a week from Friday night. They're, they're courtesy of our friend, Doctor Stephen Fuller, fullerdental.net. KXNO.com. Click on the contest tab. Uh, it's a simple question. How many total points scored Maryland and Iowa this Friday? Combine. Iowa and Maryland, how many points will they combine to score this Friday? If you're closest without going over and you're the only one, you'll get four tickets. Four tickets to see Michigan and Iowa. Uh, If we do need to go to the tiebreaker, the tiebreaker is going to be Luka Garza's points and rebounds. Again, same deal, closest without going over. Four tickets to be won this Friday night to see Michigan versus Iowa, courtesy of Dr. Stephen Fuller, fullerdental.net, kxno.com. Back to wrap things up after this, Miller & Condon, 1460. Or today. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Final couple of minutes of the program. We take you up until, oh, about 11.55. Murph and Andy, come your way at 2. The Fanatics slide on in here at 4.00. Iowa State is a four-and-a-half-point dog tonight. Four-and-a-half-five. Depends where you shop. Uh, uh, the Jayhawks share the floor as a bouquet. Missed last year's game, right? I think it was the first game he missed. Is that what it was? It Yeah, was, uh, I was right around there after being told he was going to miss the remainder of the year. Garrett, uh, agbaji excuse me, had to sneeze. I
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, wonder what happened to you. I looked yeah, up, and he yeah, disappeared.
0: Uh, his cough button became a sneeze button. Um... But then look, there's some dudes on this team, right? Isaiah yes. Moss uh, gets to head back to Hilton. Hilton Magic has been not in hibernation, but certainly not on display. Didn't even mention Devin Dotson, They're very gifted point guard. Point being, there's a lot of dudes uh, that Bill Self is going to have uh, at his disposal tonight. Iowa State's got one in Halliburton. And a couple of pieces who I think are both coming on. Bolton, we both feel, playing his best basketball uh, in his last couple of games. Nixon, what will they do? Does Condit start with four guards? I think Steve Prom has to, Trent. I'll be mm-hmm. surprised if he doesn't start tonight the way he finished in Fort
1: Worth. Condit with the man in yep. the middle and then four guards going around him. I certainly like uh, that idea, and I subscribe to your newsletter there. I'm all about that. Go with that. It was the team that had you, gave you a chance at least against TCU, regardless of what happened with the heave. At the horn, the banked-in three-pointer, and the movie follow-up. I like the talent of this team. Kansas I really, or Iowa State? Iowa State. I still like. I think there's certainly enough talent on this squad. Mm. So what is wrong? What what has gone awry? Halliburton gone. It doesn't matter. You can't lose to Florida A&M. No, no, no. It, it's looking. I hate. To, uh, it, Michael Jacobson is.
0: He's he's playing out of position. He was better when he was in Condit's role last year. He was really good last year. You know, look at his Kansas City. It was more than just his Kansas, uh, the, mm-hmm. the Big 12 tournament. He had a terrific role as a junior. But Solomon Young and Jacobson on the floor have not worked together. So I it's more the fitting of the pieces? That's what I think it is. I think that, you know, when Condit comes out, when he needs a blower, gets in foul trouble, I think you stay with the four guards and you put Jacobson in there and... I think I'll be pr- not just me that a lot of people feel this way that um, that he's just not s- suited. He does he's not a fit at the four more so, you know, playing that uh, playing that's that role with the four guards. We'll a- see.
1: According to Ken Pomeroy, this has been their most frequent frequent lineup over the last five games. Jacobson in the middle, mm-hmm. Salmon Young with him up front, Bolton, and Halliburton playing together in the backcourt. That's not their best lineup. The second most minutes played has been Halliburton. Trey Jackson, Prentice Nixon, Rashir Bolton with Connit then in the middle. That's where I'd go. That,
0: that's the one that
1: seems to work for me. Look, yeah. it, it, it's it's going to be a tough hill to
0: climb tonight. It really yes, is, yes. and it's not going to get any easier. Well, it will, but you know, okay. Oklahoma's easier. Oklahoma's easier, right? Uh, and the but game then after until, that, yeah, Baylor, Texas Tech on the road, back to back next week.
1: Talk yourself into a win on either of those road right- venues. Yeah, you can't. Venues. No, you
0: can't. I mean, Baylor, Texas Tech last night was a good basketball game. Physical. Baylor's absolutely legit. No doubt. That's I just a got top of five text, team. Bless you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Those road games are tough. Then after that, you're back home for Oklahoma State. Certainly a winnable game there. How many games they lost at Hilton so far this year? Two. Two. Iowa and Florida a right? Correct. Yes.
0: Mm. Big 12's tough.
1: They lost four last year. They mm-hmm. lost seven the year before mm-hmm. in Hilton. Natives are a little restless. Put the over-under at five and a half. Losses in Hilton this year.
0: Ah, uh, Baylor's still got to come. Texas Tech has still got to come. Oklahoma State's decent. West Virginia, they're going to be tough. Texas? Texas is... I don't know about that. Okay, them. okay, yeah. It's the Big 12, Trent. Uh, what would you do with four and a half points? Were you going to snap them up or you going to give them?
1: I'm going to grab them. At four and a half? I'm going to grab them at four and a half. Not overly confident. Mm-hmm. This is certainly not a five-unit throw everything into the into the account for this one, but I think we'll see a good effort out of Iowa State. Will it be enough? No, not quite. But I'll grab the points here and go that direction. I gave you all three winners last night.
0: Yeah, you did. I took Iowa. I thought that uh, I thought it would be a sweep of the in-state schools. Nice win for Drake, really nice win for the Panthers. Both of those schools, 2-1, and one, uh, and Iowa falls to Nebraska.
1: So there's another matchup with the top 25 team that tonight? I really like tonight. Like the number in the game, it's one of the two remaining undefeateds. San Diego State. San Diego State. They go to Wyoming, who is terrible. Okay, number sixteen. That's too many in the elevation. You just don't walk into Laramie, <laughs> huh? And beat them by 16. So you, so you, you're, you're going to take Wyoming and take the that's, sixteen. That's point. my favorite play okay. of the night in college basketball. Right. Grabbing the pokes. And the 16 this evening against the undefeated Aztecs.
0: Uh, what else is there tonight? I know there's a, a, a nice Big Ten game. Illinois-Wisconsin play tonight. Wisconsin's mm-hmm. maybe better than some thought. Yeah. I don't know what else is playing in the Big Ten. That's the one uh, That's the one game that I saw. How about
1: Oklahoma-Texas? Does that do anything for you? Mm, 8 o'clock this evening. It does. ESPN 2 for that one. So a Big 12 tilt after you finish up with Kansas-Iowa State. What is it? Wednesday? It is. Is that the good NBA night usually? I don't know. <laughs> you're not there yet. No, not there yet. <laughs> not there yet. We'll t- we'll talk about
0: that in April. Yeah, if you want my opinion on the Jets and the Leafs, what what should I do? No, I don't know. I don't. Know. You, I you don't got to play on that one. Play on that one. No, that's where my TV will be a lot of the night. As I've got ESPN Plus on my laptop. If you're doing so, I'll go through Cyclone Fanatic. Give our friends over there a little bit of a bump. It's a free website, as you know, and they got a lot of people on staff. Uh, and um, look, every little bit helps. Good folks, Uh, Murph and Andy, Speaking of good folks, they're coming away today at two two o'clock. The fanatics at four tomorrow on the program. It'll be a Thursday. Uh huh. I want to get Mark Morehouse in here. I want to catch up on with with Mark what's going on football wise. Maybe Dylan Mons can recap the Iowa State game tonight. Uh, I know that he did an, a Cyclone football mailbag, so we'll get Dylan in here, get Mark in here, do some other things, uh, as well as we will be back tomorrow with 10 o'clock. Murph and at 2, Fanatics at 4. Tomorrow morning we'll start anew, and the Morning Rush will lift the lid at 6 a.m. Roberts, Justice, Burnside, Morning Rush at 6. Thanks for being with us here today, Miller and Condon. On Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.